the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And should not be construed as Lily Finance, Insurance, The Economy, Technology, Media, and Entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. December 3rd, 2012. Fiscal cliff less than a month away. First day of trade in the new month. Everyone's talking about what you know they're going to be talking about. Fiscal cliff. Thing we need to rise above. Thing we can't afford to go over. The thing that is out there. As far as uh, it's a big elephant. And we're kind of noticing it. There's nothing really new to say about it, and yet I'll try to say something new about it. There's a stretch to attach some significance to comments this weekend by political leakers, leaders. I had a little bit of a Monday brain going. One side doesn't want to raise taxes. They're referring to them as revenue. One side is throwing out some numbers and waiting for the others to respond. And we're trading higher. Most people think a short-term deal will be reached sometime in late December, with a bigger deal being hammered out in 2013. So it's going to be a couple more weeks of this stuff. November had a very small move on the SP 500, telling me that Wall Street was saying, like, "Let's see what's going to happen." Greece laid out a framework for a bond buyback plan. We get some updated PMI numbers. We get car numbers today. Chrysler came out with a good number comparatively. Bad number on expectations. PMI data for China was positive. So again, I think today auto sales numbers will be pretty important. Ford's just coming out with theirs. Not sure I'm going to be able to have it this break, but let's see. Maybe I can do something. Make sure that I get this in for you. Um, give me just a second. Construction numbers. Research in motion is lower today. Got analysts called Canaccord Genuity. They downgraded the smartphone maker to sell. Basically saying the sharp rise in the share price in anticipation of struggle launch of BlackBerry 10. Initial sales of higher average selling price BlackBerry 10 smartphones could improve their January through May numbers. But the competitive landscape suggests a very low probability that BlackBerry 10 sales turn around research motions long-term business trends. BlackBerry's continue to switch from BlackBerry to sticky iPhone and Android ecosystems and droves. William Sonoma on the rise today. Pottery Barn one of their companies, 
was upgraded to overweight from equal weight by Morgan Stanley. Lulu Lemon, they're up 2% today. An analyst began coverage of the yoga-inspired athletic retailer. Build-A-Bear Workshop. I don't know why they're publicly traded, but they are. They just announced the new merchandising chief. True religion loser day. So this is kind of what we got working with today. There's some stories out there. Apple's opening up the iPhone 5's new markets are going to launch in South Korea on December 7th. 50 additional countries will get the smartphone by the end of the month. Currently, it's running in 47 countries. New countries slated to get the iPhone before the end of the month include Brazil, Russia, Taiwan. What else do we have today? Hmm. Construction spending. Let me see if I can't pull in those numbers. We continue the travail of Europe and austerity. Okay, General Motors, their shares fell today following auto sales reports. They're down about seven tenths of a percent. They reported U.S. sales rose three percent year over year. October construction numbers are out this morning, up 1.4%. So, again, across the world, we're seeing some pretty good things. Facebook's a little weaker. Apple's a little stronger. Like, ugh. Right? Dell was upgraded today to a buy over at Goldman Sachs. They're basically saying that, hey, from our perspective... We think that everyone now knows that the computer industry stinks. So now it's time to buy the computer industry. It's kind of like National Lampoon's European vacation out there for some days, right? Getting stuck in a traffic circle. Having difficulty getting out of it. That's kind of where we are with this whole fiscal cliff Europe thing. Griswold's driving difficulties. Going into a circle, into a circle, into a circle. Fiscal austerity is necessary here, as it was in the Eurozone. That puts the U.S. at the risk of getting stuck in the same traffic circle the Eurozone's in. Greece is the ward state. Italy being the technocratic government, Spain's unemployment rates over 25%, Germany, the core of Eurozone, starting to feel the economic effects. Very similar to the United States. We've got some weakness here and there. Carefree spending, you have to be cautious with, and yet we're not. So the unfavorable scenarios right now, if we're to line them up, Companies are going to increase spending on hiring if things go well. So here's what could unfold. No compromise, and we go over the fiscal cliff. Compromise reach includes higher taxes and or lower spending. Every hard choice is deferred, and ultimately the can is kicked down the road. You know, there's some delusion out there for sure. 
far as 2012 expectations and 2013 expectations. China's expected to reaccelerate from 7.5% growth to 8.5% growth year over year. U.S. is only expected to go from 2.2% growth this year down to 2% next year. The U.K., which looks like they're in position to go into their third recession in 10 years. Some analysts see them going up 9 tenths of a percent. There's a lot of political ballywagon about the tax rates that multinationals pay. Italy's, uh, again, in a recession. We know that. Spain's in a recession. We know that. Germany's getting closer, growing about 9 tenths of a percent this year. Next year, expected to grow about 6 tenths of a percent. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. U.S. November Manufacturing Index fell to 49.5, reading from 51.7, reading. Virgin's ready to join an alliance as Delta said to mold their, what they're going to do with their stake. Virgin Atlantic, which flew solo for a decade as rivals form the global startups that dominate the industry. They may come to an end in Singapore Airlines' Delta relationship. Be a huge hub out of Europe. Follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Follow me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. You're Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Plenty to look at this week. Plenty of great stories out there. One thing that I want you to do is avoid investment traps. I don't like crowdfunding. I get emails and Facebook posts asking me what I think about lending to various different Groups and having that be a business investment. Crowdfunding, though, is the Internet-based approach which helps small businesses raise money for their ventures. By investing, you're hoping that you're funding the next Microsoft or Apple. And all you're doing sometimes is funding crooks who have created the site or asked for money via it. So there's a real popular one that I can go post a business idea like, hey, I want to get a national show and I need you to help me fund it and uh, I'll give you a share of the profits or I'm going to come out with a video game that's got zombies and it's going to be the best video game of all time and I'll let you have a free copy you know, before it's released to the public. We'll talk scams more. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Don't be shy today. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We do have an up market in all three major indices. Again, December starting to kick the month off in the right tone. Let's not get too excited. It's uh, Rob Black and your money. Dow's up 13, the Nasdaq's down 1. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk an odd topic here. Uh, There's different types of investors. We know that. But let's go with a different total type, people who are single. Most of us don't start saving money till we're married, and we say, I've got to take care of my wife. Most of us don't start saving money till we have kids. We want to leave a bit of a legacy with our savings. But when you're single, you're more of a spender. You're going to concerts, you're going out, you're whining and dining, you're wooing. What's your thoughts on investing and in, in, in saving as a single person? 
Hmm. Well, m- my thoughts, <laughs> if you're going to invest and in, in save while you're single, is is you find somebody that you might want to marry. Start early on on talking about prenuptial agreements. Okay. Um, I met a guy that uh, was involved in a one of the founding members of a startup. Okay. And it was well on its way. Got married. Didn't do anything on the prenuptial agreement. Lost half of what the eventual result was, and and the marriage only lasted for a couple of years. And it was kind of one of those deals where you couldn't believe what the person did, the, you know, the spouse did in this case, and still lost a lot of what he worked, you know, 15 to 20 hours a day on for five to six years of this startup. So prenuptial agreements very very important. How about a postnup? Postnuptial is yeah. I mean it's it's kind of one of those things where if you popular. don't have anything when you get married, the postnuptial is a little bit more involved in you know what am I going to pay after I pass. But boy, that's a tough thing to approach though when you're you know first getting married, you don't have kids yet. Whether or not that. it's going to hold up in court, whether or not both sides really had an attorney, yeah. it's tough. I personally don't think it's that tough. I th- I just think you need to dehumanize it. Like for instance, I got that frying pan from my mother. Um, I want that in a prenup, and that's a good starting conversation right there. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, a prenup, maybe things don't end as well as we want them to, or, you know, it, it, it's it's there for a worst-case scenario. It's not there for a best-case scenario. Um, now, with that said, being single, you know, you have a lot more costs, uh, but everyone should max out their 401K when you're single or when you're married. There's some things. You don't need life insurance when you're single. You know, if you die, no one cares. Right. So don't have life insurance. Um, you know, life insurance is there to replace your income for your loved one that you just left. Um, you know, at one point in time, if I died, my cat would have got my money. That's funny. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of sense of humor that I want to have out there. It's funny. Um, some other areas, you know, when you're single is, is do be careful because dating is expensive and, you know, trying to find the right partner is important. When you do find that person, um, talk to them about money. A lot of couples don't ever talk about money, and then when it does happen, it, it's a stressful environment and it doesn't need to be. When do credit checks. I mean, how many times have we run into people? I have a real close friend that a marriage ended because she found out about $60,000 worth of debt that was in place prior to marriage that was yeah. totally hidden. Totally hidden until the person was basically had a breakdown and it all kind of came crashing down. And you marry into that scenario and uh, it could be a problem and again, something well, yeah, you fight over. It's because the house was purchased together at the height yeah. and then now her credit is completely screwed as well. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a tough situation. You know what I like about credit checks is it can kind of tell you if your spouse is kind of crazy. (laughs) You know, if if the person you're getting ready to marry, you find out she's had like 19 late delinquent charges, and you're like, whoa, you partied pretty hard because not that many lates. You you have to almost try. Yeah. Well, I've told you the story before about a couple that I could never get the financial plan done because they wouldn't give me the, the, couldn't get the expenses from them. Yeah. And it never finally made. It finally just didn't make sense. So I was sitting with the the one of the clients. The other the spouse was at work. Sure. And I said, "Have you ever done a credit check?" And we went to annualcreditreport.com, which is the one free. And I had to sit there with one of the spouses and uncover a hundred thousand dollars worth of credit card debt that was being hidden. Yeah. And it was like m- telling you that. Your spouse has cheated on you for the last ten years. It's that's, a shock. that's I mean, he. I thought he was going to pass out. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see a guy in tears because he finds out about that much debt and his retirement has been put off for about an extra two or three years because of as a, CF, as a CFP, did you have to hold him and nurture him and cuddle him? Uh, we, were, we were looking up. I said, you, you know, you can't go home and talk to your spouse about this. You need 
counseling. There's obviously a, a okay. shopping problem here. Don't go home and explode about it. Go speak to a counselor. Approach it almost like an intervention with other family members because it, it was an intervention, and it actually yeah. turned out successful. Um, luckily, they had a ton of equity in their home, and they were able to pay it off and still retire okay. But it was relatively small compared to the overall portfolio, but it was still there, and it was still hidden. And so this segment's oh, turned into, instead of investing for singles, it's turned into credit check spouses. Because they're, probably, li- they're probably lying to you, is <laughs> 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 what we've learned. My dad died with, uh, with uh, $60,000 of credit card debt. $60,000 of credit card debt that no one knew about. Because my dad was kind of a short guy. He was 5'8", and uh, he'd go to like Home Depot, and there's a store on the East Coast called Heckenders, which was Home Depot before Home Depot. And he'd buy power tools because, you know, that gave him kind of like the manly thrill that he couldn't get from being six foot tall. Um, <laughs> with that said, I inherited a bitch and set of tools, but my mom inherited a lot of credit card debt that she didn't know was there. So that's a, a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, we're in, that that generation too is very private about money. Yeah, you know, we're in a generation where fifty percent of marriages fail. People live till they're a hundred years old, so most of the time, unfortunately, people aren't with the same spouses. So. Um, be very careful because people that trade houses, spouses, and cars more often than others are the ones that don't retire well. Interesting to note. With that said, I don't want to live to 100 unless I'm like Highlander, and I could live forever (laughs) with a Scottish friend. Um, Scottish ninjas. (laughs) Odd concept, right? Yes, very odd. Whoever pitched that movie, they had some cojones. With that said, that certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We'll talk scams and mistakes that you make as a retailer, as a retailee. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black has a financial shoppers. Black Friday and Cyber Monday kick off the holiday. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Feels like a Monday. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I don't want you to be shy. It's the number one thing that I push for. News Corp is shutting down its iPad-only newspaper called The Daily. Standalone Daily iPad newspapers have ceased to be a standalone publication. The newspaper had a high-profile launch in February 2011, but it struggled to pay its way. Recent reports suggest losses were looking like $30 million a year. There's been rumors that Rupert Murdoch was going to kill it for a while now. From talking to one of the former reporters... With publication, it was probably killed before it had a chance to succeed. It was a pretty cool hit product. Bad timing with the economy. And again, uh, you can't blame News Corp for doing that, can you? I can't. Five major mistakes that retailers want you to make. If you can cut down on these five major mistakes, you'll have more money. 
the thick of the holiday shopping season, as promised, I will always, always try to protect you a little bit. You need to know that you're smarter than, than retailers are. A lot smarter. You're a smart consumer. Make yourself even smarter. National Retail Federation. Federation. National Retail Federation. Con! They said consumers went nuts during Thanksgiving weekend, breaking every sales record. Total spending over the four-day period came in about $59.1 billion, up 12.8% from last year. But here's the mistakes that you make. You don't comparison shop. You don't have to be an economist to know how stupid that is. You don't have to have gone to Harvard to know that's ridiculous. Retailers don't want you to download any apps to do comparison shopping. You should set a budget before you shop. That's one of the biggest mistakes uh, that you make. It's the season of excess. More food, more drinks, more stuff. This may be the first time holiday shopping season in a while that it's not taking place. The fiscal cliff, there's something to worry about. You should figure out some sort of budget, even if it's a simple one like getmint.com. You can get an app for your phone to help you calculate a budget. Seriously, get a budget. Seriously. Like, I want to buy an adult jumpy house. I know you're saying, intriguing. I think the concept of an adult jumpy house sounds like fun. You have parties at your house. I've got an infamous Kentucky Derby party. But a jumpy house for adults doesn't sound like a great concept. Although the number of injuries in jumpy houses are going through the roof. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. You don't need a stinking roof if you're in a jumpy house. I know you're saying that that probably goes down, Rob, as one of your worst ideas next to Bully Mix the restaurant. I know. Or my Mexican eye doctor. I, 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 I. True, 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 true. Jumpy house may not be my best idea. Uh, gift certificates. This is another mistake that individuals make. Stores love gift certificates because you know what the uptake rate is on some gift certificates? i.e. people come back and use them, 10%, 10%, which means you're basically giving them free money and not even goods will be bought. Sometimes you only have a certain amount of time to, de- to use your gift cards. Use them or sell them online. Shop until you drop. Huge mistake people make. You know, Black Friday is giving away to 40 Shades of Grey Wednesday. Brought to you by the book. The season's getting longer and longer and longer and longer, and it's got people's heads spinning. We hear Christmas carols piping through store speakers as early as October. The sooner the madness ends, the sooner you wrap everything up. The less obsessive-compulsive you get. And finally, one of the mistakes that individuals make when shopping is exchanges are a hassle, and sometimes they'll just keep those unused, unwanted items. That's how I refer to myself. I'm an unused, unwanted item. Nobody loves me. Sometimes you get only store credit for it, and you're like, eh, I'll return later. I'll come back and shop later. 
Let's go to call Jimmy. San Jose, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Jimmy, how are you? I'm good. Yourself? I'm okay. I'm kind of like I said, Monday. It's kind of slow. So I have a quick question. I have an old 401k that's been sitting in a Fidelity account. It's been there for about three years. I haven't really done anything with it. Um, it did do some growth. Um, I sort of manage it a little bit during, you know, the uh, self-adjustment and so forth. And I've been in the middle of um, investigating whether I should put it in an IRA. Um, I do have an existing IRA through Fidelity and was wondering, you know, I'm just kind of torn. Do I leave it um, as is or do I put it in an IRA? And I was looking for guidance. And sure. Let me ask. Let me ask. Let me ask a couple questions. Sure. The choices that are in your old 401k, how do you like them? Uh, they're okay. There's, you know, I'm okay. using the S&P 500. Um, also, the Fidelity 2040. Um, I have the Fidelity Investment um, International. So there's a few that I like. Um, so far, it's, it's done okay for me, but uh, I'm not putting any money into it now. And, was just trying to see if I could either put it in the IRA that I have today or, you know, do something else with it. Great question. How old are you, Jimmy? I'm 37. Okay, and how much have you saved in your 401ks and your IRAs? How much have you saved in your nest eggs, per se? Um, so currently I have that. Um, so in the existing 401k that I'm not doing anything with it, it's about 45. Then I have another 401k through my uh, current employee, I'm doing about 7% there now. Uh, it's about 17000 today. And then I have a company share that's worth about 180000 And then I have the IRA that's a couple grand and some savings, but that's pretty much it. What company did you work for? Um, I would rather not say. For who? I would rather not say. Okay. Do they make uh, phones? I'm sorry? Uh, do they make phones? Are they a fruit? No, 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 no. It's, it's a semiconductor company. Okay, you own way too much in your own company shares, just so you know. Right. As you know, and thanks for the call, Jimmy. A um, couple things. As you know, um, the company that you work for is the most dangerous company you can work with. As far as planning for your future, they already pay for your car, they pay for your house, they pay for your insurance, they pay for a lot of things in your life through your paycheck. So to have a disproportionate amount of money represented in their stock, you're just taking on added risk that might hurt your retirement if something does go bad with the company. So I look at stock options as income. Most financial planners do. They look at the as the company would love to pay you more, but they can't, so this is what you get. At your age, you saved a lot of money. You've done great. Congratulations. I would consider rolling over the 401ks into self-direct IRAs unless you're bad at doing your own IRA. The reason why is you're happy with where it is now. It's been okay. It's got some good choices for you. But, and this is the big but, you're not able to track your own money all that well because you have so much of it in so many places. You don't know what sort of overlap you're getting and or not getting. So I would consider one of two things, rolling it over into an IRA so you could have better 
control to make sure like you don't get too much of a semiconductor, too much shares of Apple. And or consider going to mint.com or financialengines.com and punching in your portfolios of all your holdings and seeing where the overlap is, see how you're doing for your age and such. Again, I like the fact that you're in this scenario. I like the fact that you're asking this question. Feel free to call Fidelity and or Vanguard and or TD Ameritrade and say, hi, my name is Jimmy. What should I do with my old 401k? They can basically do most of the paperwork for you, send it out, and have you sign it. Some cases, you can actually sign up for an account online now. I like consolidating it because, A, it's just, it just gives you more control. If you're not good at control, then don't consolidate it. I hope that makes sense. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. For those of you who can't save enough money because you're working paycheck to paycheck, consider a new job. Consider a job hunt. See what you're worth. I've got a friend who runs a restaurant, basically a, a yacht club, and she's really damn good at doing it. But she's been there so long, and she's comfortable that she's not ready to like go look to see her value. She's worth more money. She makes six figures. She makes sixty k. She's easily can make six figures in the restaurant industry. I think President. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything that you have on your mind that you want to ask questions about, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'd appreciate more calls. I'm not going to beg for them. Please, 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 please call me. But it is a great way of showing management. You know, this is a show that, that's well-liked. This is a show that's well-received. People care about it, per se. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The show's called Rob Black, Get Your Money. And I ended the last segment telling you a little bit like, hey, consider going and trying to find a new job. Now, I know that you know it's not that easy. And I know that you know, you know, it's pretty competitive out there. It doesn't hurt to try. I once interviewed for a video job at Cisco just because I wanted to see if I could do it. And what I learned was I couldn't. Every four or five years, I'm going to try to get something bigger on a national level just to see if I can do it. Or is this where I am? And it's fine if that's where I am. I'm actually very, very, very good at that. But it's okay like to, to fail. I don't look at failing as a problem. It doesn't keep me up at night. Low-wage jobs cause a lot more problems than they solve. You know, a couple weeks ago, we saw Walmart workers try to strike. If we lifted the retail workers' pay, we would lift a lot of people out of poverty. 
to low-wage jobs on children is devastating. It's devastating. Nearly 16 million U.S. families are headed by parents working low-wage jobs, and one in six adolescents alone live in such a household. It's a bit of a downward spiral. 44% of children under 18 live in low-income households. It's a pretty alarming number. I'm not sure you can keep a kid healthy and developing in such a scenario. You know, essential expenses, essential expenses. Not things like after-school programs or enrichment activities or services to support basic health. Low-wage jobs often have inflexible schedules. Parents work in low-wage jobs often are denied time with their children. If you do make a child, please spend time with them. And do it during the, the very formidable years of zero to five. Children living in low-wage families have an ongoing disadvantage in living healthy and being happy and being productive and showing their own economic situation to show, uh, get an improvement. They meet formidable obstacles in pursuing their education, which again brings me into a lot of low-wage people in America have problems with uh, getting jobs, going to college. They join the military, and we're about to cut military spending. We're about to hurt the poor people. Let's go to Peter in San Mateo. How are you, Peter? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Good. I want to show management that you're an important person in the Bay Area. Oh, you don't have to do that. I was only kidding. <laughs> hey, I have a question, Rob. Um, sure. I'm looking at REITs, either through ETFs or some of the more popular ones like uh, the realty company O. And with so many people chasing yield, do you think they're overpriced now? I don't. Um, a lot of REITs, especially the hybrid REITs, and again, we're talking very broad concepts. We're not talking about O in particular here. But a lot of REITs have low access to low-cost money. REITs are typically pretty smartly uh, run. We're talking about publicly traded REITs, not private REITs. Oh, I love that. I love that you have... I love that you have a mapping technology going right now. Um, yeah, there is. Okay, that's what Peter said was, are people chasing yield? Yes, they are, because they can't get a good dividend from treasuries. So, But yet we're still buying treasuries. So, oh, fund from operations, 52 cents. They issued in-line guidance recently. A REIT stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. So they're acquiring American Realty Capital Trust, finalizing the proxy statement. The low cost of money from quantitative easing one, quantitative easing two, quantitative easing three, has given these guys capital at very low cost that they can go out and buy distressed property. They can go out and develop. And again, I, that's exactly what we should be doing. I refinanced my mortgage. Uh, you know, there's different types of REITs. They do differ like Golden Clay, apartment REITs, strong demand for apartments right now. Maybe I want to go aggressively after office REITs with the thought that uh, fiscal cliff could push us into a recession. Recession, you know, selling the ball shifts to the individual, the business, saying, you know, we need to negotiate a lower rate and or we can't afford to pay, so we're going bankrupt. Now, again, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. 
but that's the basic idea. 4.5% dividend yield. When you look at the valuation of realty income, it's got a very high short-term valuation. It's trading about 17 times next year's. Is that overpriced historically? Yes. The low cost of money means you can tack on one to two uh, 100 basis points towards valuation maybe. Um, would I chase this one at this point in time? I probably would not. But there's, like I said, some hybrid REITs out there that are fantastic. There's some healthcare REITs, some apartment REITs. Uh, that they're not going out of business anytime soon. I would be patient. I would lower your expectations. If it's for income, let them pay you the income. Don't worry about the principal price of the stock. If it's about income. If it's about a trade, then of course, you, it, that's a whole different game. Thanks very much for the call, Peter. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I own some REITs. And the story is there are a lot of garbage investor. This... Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. I want to start with a basic, simple one for you. I mean, saying basic, simple, that doesn't sound good. But follow the money sometimes when it comes to investing. The world's going to spend a whopping $2.1 trillion on technology in 2013. Companies are ready to upgrade to all the latest new technologies. Consumers are opening up their wallets for smartphones, tablets, and apps. Spending's going to be up about 6% year over year. Next up, tech's going to grow insanely fast in emerging markets. The need for tech, as far as the trend goes, in overseas markets, it's kicking into high gear. Geographies like Latin America, Central and Eastern Europe, the Middle East, they're going to spend $730 billion on IT, up almost 9%. One-third of the customers that IT vendors have are going to come from those areas. A third. You can't ignore this kind of number. 2013 is going to be a make-it-or-break-it year in the mobile for some vendors. When it comes to mobile, 2013 is going to bring us mini tablets with screens less than 8 inches in size. They're going to account for about 60% of all tablets sold. Market for smartphones and tablets combined is going to grow about 20%. 20%? 2013 is going to be a make-or-break year for a platform. Google and Apple are going to be fine. Microsoft, that's a question. Research and motion are even a bigger question. 50% of app developers don't, don't survive. 
big IT companies feast on smaller cloud players? Software as a service, SAS. It really grew at a phenomenal rate last year. Big vendors like Oracle and SAP jumping into the field. It'll be over $25 billion in small software as a service kind of angle. That's $25 billion up from $17 billion in the past 20 months. Now, some companies are too highly valued to make free easy acquisitions. There's a company like Salesforce.com that's worth $22 billion. Still private companies like Box at $1.2 billion. Companies like Okta, Zenos, and Service Max also come to mind as companies with uh, great product. A lot of smaller specialized clouds are going to sprout up. Green sprouts, green shoots in the economy. In 2012, a lot of new cloud tech comes along that makes it easier for and more affordable for anyone to build a cloud. That means by 2013, the end of the year, you're going to see a whole bunch of new clouds that's cropping up that serve specific industries. Hospitals, construction companies, banks. I think everyone already is an IT person. It's just how good you are. You know, your mobile device used to have no value, no meaning at your business, but now it does. File sharing, social apps. The old Dropbox effect. Companies like Box, Asana, and Yammer built their business models on it. That business model of having everyone be their own tech person creates an amazingly powerful trend. Just like 2012, the year in technology, 2013, will be all about cloud computing becoming the must-have things for everything like big data. Big data market's going to grow at an annual rate of about 40% year over year. It's going to hit about $5 billion in 2012, $10 billion in 2013, and $53 billion by 2017. These are investment trends. You can't ignore them. Maybe you can. The big old data farm, as we know, it's over. New data center technologies, converging systems, where companies buy machines that have computation storage networking and software bundled together. Software-defined networks, which is a way to build networks. Going to catch on a little bit more. Huge opportunity for companies like Cisco, Dell, HP, and Oracle. Huge risk if they get it wrong. Your work computer will be an ID you keep in your head. You're going to bring your own device, trend to work. Eventually, you're going to bring your own ID to work. Your work computer is going to be available to you anywhere on any device. All you got to do is log on to it. Again, cloud, mobile. Data centers all merging together. Set some fun facts, some fun ideas, where we are. How do you feel? Do you feel that we could talk tech investing and not get a little shiver? Thinking about the dot-com implosion that we are still too close to, right? 
I always I'm on the lookout for great companies, and I think one of the great companies out there is Whole Foods. The second you enter Whole Foods, you start getting hit by what they try to do. Their produce is arranged by hue, put in black bins, making the color pop. People have to remember that you've been primed. If someone can give you an impression that everything is as fresh as can be, you'll be prepared to spend more. It's kind of, I'm not going to get sickening, but this is a company that's really cracked the model, and they know you. One of the things you should do is consider asking employees for help. Want a half a melon when only a whole melon Want a half a melon, but there's only whole melons there? Someone will cut it in half for you. They'll sell it at half price. You want to try a cookie? Ask someone to open a box for you, and you can try a cookie. That's the way the business model works there. Whole Foods knows who the competition is. They refer to them as Joe. Whole Foods prices on 365 items are literally matching Trader Joe's on virtually all identical products. So they're readily willing to admit that they're just basically trying to keep up with Trader Joe's on some items. It's a pretty smart business. Whole Foods battles perception. The recession was forced to, you know, price reset, led by their brand 365, about 25% cheaper than comparable branded products. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Another thing that Whole Foods does that's smart is they have dining areas right by the entrance. So you actually see people enjoying the product they sell. It's setting your mood for shopping, setting your mind in the mood for shopping. So you don't see self-checkouts at Whole Foods. They've got no plans to install them. They don't want to... Brand experience at any point differ and or vary. Follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Down 29 points, a decline of 0.2%. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Let's go to a quick call. Mark in Seattle. Mark, what's your question? Yeah, hey, Rob. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, sure. Yeah, quick question. Uh, I'm scratching my head on this one. Uh, American International Group, huge company. Uh, been really solid in the past. <clears throat> it's trading at a fraction of what it used to trade, and yet it's solid and still profitable from all the numbers I'm looking at. And I'm just wondering if it's going to stay uh, depressed like that, or if it's ever going to take off back to its, you know, pre-recession levels. Yeah, it's really a tough one to call because the government owns a lot of AIG, and um, I certainly thought it thanks for the call. I didn't think they were going to be able to survive, and they did. 
Uh, the government took a huge stake in them. But let's see, how can I throw What direction should I throw this in? Um, more and more hedge funds, which would be considered smart money or fast money, it's the go-to market brand for global property casualty business. They really probably should have collapsed and been allowed to fail the credit crisis. They do a lot of financing for leasing for like airplanes and things like that. So Hurricane Sandy in the news for them. It's a little too early to provide an estimate on the damage there. But it's going to be the billions of dollars. They have an international lease financial center. They're going to lease five new Airbus A320s through it. Again, just telling you, this is really big money. Let's see. Chubb is the company I'd compare them to. Travelers, TRV, Chubb, CB. Um, Allstate, AIG. Allstate's the second largest homeowner's insurance underwriter. So they were kind of a play on the whole property and casualty insurance disaster of Hurricane Irene. Last year, this year, Hurricane Sandy. Irene losses were about $370 million. That was a huge you know, chunk of their profits gone. Hmm. I'm looking through the financials on it and see if I can't find anything interesting for you. Currently, if you take a look at the company, it's a $33 stock. It's had an amazing 52 weeks. So you have to know that. And if you don't know that, then you're just kind of being ignorant to yourself. It's gone from about 24 to 32 in the last 52 weeks. It's got a pretty high valuation of um, tied towards their debt. Their price-to-sales ratio is good. Their price-to-earnings ratio is great. But their total debt is pretty high. Debt-to-equity is 71. They've got $73 billion in debt. They've got about $49 billion in cash. To give you an idea, you know, the company's worth $49 billion. So they've got one and a half times their valuation is in debt. That's about all I got for you on it. I'm, I'm going to pass on any further angle on it. $36 stock. Let's see if I can give you some valuation data on it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Commitment during financial crisis reached about $15.1 billion. U.S. Treasury announced that it expects to receive an additional $2.7 billion from the underwritten public offering of AIG. So the U.S. owns a lot and they're selling a lot. They agreed to sell 553 million shares of AIG common stock at $32. The percentage ownership is now down to about 15.9% after it was at 53.4%. Let's see what else we have. Department of Treasury Price. Yeah. That's about it. There's not a lot more to say about it right now. It's got a lot of debt. It's a fine company. 
I'd compare them to other insurance companies. I would note that as a property and casualty insurer, there's going to be a big hit when it comes to Hurricane Irene. There's just no way around that. Hurricane Sandy. Um, maybe you would want to wait till they have their dividend restored. Maybe. That's about the only thing I could really throw out there at this point in time. AIG's buying Hartford's Woodbury Financial Unit. You know, again, for insurance companies, you tend to want to have that dividend. In this case, they don't have that dividend. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in there. Let's get a Joy. Joy, how are you? How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Good. I have a quick question. I talked to a broker. I'm recently interested by REIT, and uh, he recommended a couple of REITs for me. One of the REITs he likes is uh, by office building, and it's apparently um, I have to pay him like a five percent or six percent, uh, you know, initial pay, uh, fees in order to join the REIT program. Yeah, in no way, shape, or form should you do that, Joy. I would avoid any broker who puts you into private REITs. It's a product that you don't need. It's a product that you don't understand. It's basically private equity. Private equity is another word for venture capital. So venture capital is a word of risk. So it's venture. It's not investment. It's venture. Um, it's money that you can afford to lose. Avoid any broker pushing private REITs. Like you said, there's a commission tied towards it. The costs are high. The money that you get back until the company goes public is money that's brought in by other investors. So it's almost a pyramid scheme. I'm not the only one who says this. FINRA, our regulatory insurance branch, says this. Um, it's a product that's easily sold. Because they could go, oh, it's a non-correlated asset. It's not tied to the stock market. It doesn't have daily fluctuation. Like, you can make a case for it real easy. And I think the case is pretty stupid. So I would run and hide from any broker pushing a private read. I don't think you need it. I think you're going to get hurt more than you're going to get helped. I've seen way too many private reads implode on people where they're just not liquid, where you have to pay a massive fee to get your money back, where once the company does come public, you get fractions of what you paid for. Are they appropriate for some people? Sure. But it's venture money. It's, it's risk money. It's not guaranteed returns. I would prefer you go with publicly traded REITs because there's some public oversight into the accounting of said REITs. You're not giving your money to someone blind who can go out and buy you know, chicken feed with it. I just don't get it. I think they're, they're a horrible product. FINRA tells us they're a horrible product. I've got data suggesting they're horrible product, and yet people are like, I was recently sold. I was recently told. Well, stop listening to those people. Get the SP 500 down one, the Nasdaq's up one, Dow Jones and Nasdaq average down 28. Gold sits at 1716 an ounce. You listen to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, much, much more. One of the things I try to do on the show is bring stuff to you that's entertaining, that teach you a little something here or there. Whether it's be analyzing how Whole Foods 
runs their business, which I like the company for the long-term patient investor on any major pullback of 10 to 20%. The company used to play both sides of the sustainable seafood debate. It featured ratings from groups like Monterey Bay Aquarium, but it also sold fish rated as void inside that group. Since then, the company has banned seafood red-labeled. The chain Whole Foods has increased the size of its shopping baskets over the past three years. You fill it with more stuff. If you calculate a retailer increases the size of the basket, it can boost revenue by up to 40%. Crazy, right? Whole Foods has an average 206 employees per store. That's more than Safeway, which has to average 107, Kroger, which has 138. So the staffers are there. And the farm stand aesthetic, she crates, hand-painted signs. It's part of conservation. Old crates are repurposed for display purposes, part theater. Some crates are actually made specifically for the stores, even though they may appear to have just fallen off the turnip truck. So that's a well-oiled machine. I don't know how trustworthy you think they are or not, but that's a well-oiled machine. The absurdity of the fiscal cliff debate has to continue to get, you know, go back and back again. Who's better at allocating capital, you or the government? Does the private market do it better or does it do it worse? Should the balance be between the two or does the federal government allocate resources better than you? President Obama's class warfare aimed at taxing the rich avoids a tough question. Who's the best at allocating capital? Over time, the federal government's misused its ability to allocate resources, for instance, to housing. Shortly after World War II, we decided as a nation to let returning veterans buy homes. It was the first government subsidized guaranteed mortgage in the post-war period. It was for veterans. National policy of assistance for veterans still has major support and very few detractors. No one wants to say, ah, you served our country, you bum. You don't get the same mortgage as I do. You, get, you're, you don't get a better mortgage than me. Because you served our country, you get the best mortgage possible. So the federal government has used its ability to allocate resources here. Fannie Mae ended up in a national disaster. The old-style local lender... Savings and loans disappeared. The price for the federal allocation of housing resources in the United States alone has tallied well over in hundreds of billions. In the middle of 2009, the worst recession in modern times is ending. 46 out of 50 states had fallen housing prices. In Nevada, the plunge was 28%, Arizona 21%, Florida 18%, California 15%. Now, 44 states have rising home prices. Housing is definitely recovering. The Fed's policy of low mortgage rates helps. Fannie's role is limited, though, and it still dominates the mortgage business by crowding most others out. It still employs the implied federal guarantee, while the federal debt limit debate and fiscal cliff discussion is ignored. The misallocation of resources and failure of federal policy covers up 
postponing inevitable financial costs and thereby ask for uh, just making the problem ten times worse. So who's better at allocating capital, you or the government? The Fed's low interest rate policy is going to continue until housing reaches a normalized baseline. It'll be interesting once it does, we should start seeing interest rates move higher, and that should be not good for the stock market. Watch out for real estate investment schemes. One of the most common ones is flipping where you buy, renovate, and quickly sell. Another one's pooling where you combine distressed properties into a single large package and sell pieces of the package to large markups. In a recent survey, real estate was ranked as the third most common product or practice leading to enforcement actions. Be careful of oil and gas drilling programs, promissory notes, EB-5 investments for visa schemes, integrated investor program known as EB-5, tied towards job creation, program grants of U.S. visa to foreign nationals who invest at least 500000 in a new commercial enterprise. It attracts investors worldwide. Beware of foreign funding feature in it. These unscrupulous promoters of EB-5 falsely highlighted a connection from a federal jobs program or claim that investors in China or other countries with growing economic power have invested and or supporting a program. People are so foolish. So quickly will they part with their, mo- their hard-earned money. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Taking a look at the stock market today, we've got the S&P 500 slightly lower. Keep in mind, we just started a new month, and this month ends in the fiscal cliff. Just now, the SP 500 went down a fraction of a point, so it's just it's waffling. It's going sideways. NASDAQ's up three. The Dow Jones is average down 22. 10-year Treasury sits at 1.63%. Oil sits at 87.96 a barrel. Calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. How many days till Christmas? It's just right around the corner, right? Have you done your Christmas shopping? Keep in mind, I say set a bunch. Otherwise, you're going to get into trouble. You can get in over your head. Which I hate seeing. Every now and then I read these stories about people who... uh took 13 years to pay for one Christmas. Please don't let that be you. Let's think of uh, one person that I think is pretty controversial. You know, I oftentimes kind of bash Donald Trump. And I think rightfully so. You may not think rightfully so, but I do. guy I kind of like is uh, Mark Cuban. He started his career in the workforce working as a bartender. Got fired. Started his own software company called Micro Solutions. Sold it for six million. His next company sold uh, about a thousand times better than his first company, Yahoo, for six billion dollars. He then sold all of his Yahoo stock, netting him two billion in cash for himself. Weeks later, the stock market crashed. 
He continues to work and invest. I dig him. He owns HDNet. He owns... Uh, he was on Dance of the Stars. He was on Shark Tank. The dude gets round, so to speak. And again, like I said, not for everyone, and certainly controversial. And I get that. I think what's intriguing about him is how brash he can come across as. And again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's good to know your skill sets. It's good to know what you're good at. It's good to have mantras that you believe in. You know, is he everyone's favorite billionaire? He kind of is. Lindsay Lohan getting hit with a tax bill today. Not important. On competition, Mark Cuban once said, I don't know. I don't care. I just hope they suck. He's more focused on his own things that he could fix versus others. On nepotism, he said, it's not about money or connections. It's the willingness to outwork and outlearn everyone. And if it fails, you learn from what happened, and you do a better job next time. Don't you, I, I mean, I love how straight and honest he is. On Wall Street, he says, Wall Street used to be a place where you can raise capital, grow businesses. That's not the case anymore. Wall Street's become a, a, a platform for hackers. He's talking about high-speed Internet trading. His advice for people who want to work in sports says don't. Sports industry is the worst possible business for a college graduate to try to get into. It doesn't pay squadouche. There are a thousand people applying for every job. He said on why you should follow your passion. It's the worst advice you could ever get. He says because everyone is passionate about something, usually more than one thing. We're born that way. There's always going to be things we love to do, things that we dream about, that we really want to do with our lives. Those passions aren't worth a nickel. So don't don't focus on finding your passion. Instead, focus on finding big problems. Love him. On becoming an overnight success, he goes, it doesn't matter how many times you fail, you only have to be right once, and then everyone can tell that you are an overnight success. On the biggest lie CEOs will tell, he said, quote, we're all acting in the best interests of our shareholders, end quote. So he says, that's a lie. Oh. He talks about the guaranteed positive paying off any debt you have. So he says, if you've got 25000 50000 100000 you're better off paying off debt you have because that's guaranteed return. Any debt over 8% you need to pay for. Any debt under 8%, I think you should need service. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Back in your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and much, much more. Anything that you don't want to talk about, we can probably talk about it on this show. I don't want you to be shy. I want you to be part of the show. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Auto sales were pretty strong this morning. I like seeing it. On the level of 
good for our economy. I hate seeing it on the level of a lot of people shouldn't be uh, running up debt. A new car is not sexy. You may feel sexy, but it's it's a lot of debt to carry. Which is fair. And uh, certainly knock yourself out. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. I was talking a little bit about Mark Cuban and why I like him. Our producer says because he doesn't have a comb over. That's as bad as Trump's. Trump's is pretty bad. He just says some things that I think are, are spot on. He says if anyone ever see, sends me a something with swag from a corporate startup, a logo embroidered. Polo. Uh, if your people are at shows and in public, you know, don't wear branded stuff. He thinks that's horrible, and I kind of agree. Don't start a company unless it's an obsession. It's something you love. If you have an exit strategy, it's not an obsession. So I won't beat the cow to death of this one. He did say keep a level, a stress level on your employees. Try to learn their accomplishments, reward them. He said when uh, his company would have record profits, he'd walk around the building and hand out $100 bills to salespeople. That a company shot the kamikaze. It's cute, right? So fiscal austerity, Eurozone being turned upside down, big, big, big headline today. Things are going okay in Greece. How about this for a headline? Teenage girls trading the risk of deadly melanoma for a year-round tan. I've started to get that backlash going against the industry. Using tanning bed causes all three types of skin cancer, especially for people younger than 25. Ultraviolet radiation is bad. It's a $5 billion industry. It's basically self-cancering ourselves. And yet we go with it. Let's go to Dale in Seattle. Hello. Good, Dale. Yeah, I have a question um, with the fiscal cliffs and uh, all the possible volatility that's going to happen couple of weeks, if uh, yep. investing in the fear indexes or VXX or UVXY would be a wise choice in the next couple of weeks. Could be. What happens if they make a conclusion? What happens if they get some sort of compromise? Then I'd be screwed. I think you're speculating on politicians. Of course, I think everyone thinks you're right, that so it's going to happen. But keep in mind, the VIX hasn't done much in the last month and a half as the markets have basically gone sideways. If you want to do it, that's fine. Dale, I'm a different type of investor than you, and thanks for the call. I'm not going off fear. I just don't do it. I'd rather make my investment decisions based on numbers, revenue, earnings, profits, profit margins, gross margins. Yes, the fiscal cliff clock is ticking. 
Yes, there seems to be a stalemate over tax hikes. Yes, it looks like the Republicans are going to try to toe the line and use the debt ceiling against the Democrats. I just I don't invest that way. So if you want to play a, a VIX index, which shows volatility, which shows non-trust of the markets, which shows you know, nervousness over what's going to happen to this, do it. You're probably going to be right. But you know what, Dale? Everyone thinks that. And that conventional wisdom kind of tells me maybe you should have been involved in that play earlier when a couple of weeks ago everyone was thinking, that, yeah, they'll probably get some compromise done. Or, I don't know what to tell you. Other than it's just the way I invest, and I'd be very, very cautious. Because if everyone knows it, what's the play? You know, some people think it would be a good thing for stocks if we get off the fiscal cliff. To get your calls in the air, it's 800 It's 800 516 To get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Howard Stern's going to return to America's Got Talent. That's tied towards Comcast as a stock. Sharon Osborne continues to tell the line where she says she has no interest in returning to the show. Howie Mandel has yet to make an announcement. Bob Costas had some pretty crazy stuff to talk about gun control, control stamps last night. Whether you agreed with him or not, it got everyone on Facebook and Twitter all in a tizzy. Trader Joe's is recalling some frozen chicken meals, the butter chicken and rice frozen meals due to listeria. I need a good weight loss disease like uh, food poisoning. So if anyone can help me with that, let me know. I might be in the bed for a day or two. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. That's much, much more. You can find me online at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. And my YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Take care. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Expressed by Rob Black and his guests. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.